0: On this episode of Narcissist Apocalypse Q&A, we talk with former guests Jean and Vanessa about narcissistic abusers and the holiday season. Welcome to Narcissist Apocalypse, everyone. I am Brandon Chadwick, and with me today, we have Jean. How are you, Gene? Wonderful, Brandon. And we have Vanessa. How are you, Vanessa?
1: I'm doing very well. Thank you.
0: And you will know Gene from our July 4th, 2022 episode, and Vanessa was on our November 9th, 2020 episode. So today we are going to discuss the holidays, the holiday season, how difficult it is when you're in a relationship with someone who is an abuser, a narcissistic abuser, abuser in general, co-parenting with them. Obviously, sometimes when you're not in a relationship with them anymore, they just can pop out of the woodwork here or there uh, during the holiday season. And then we're also going to get into the fa- family dynamics uh, of things as well. And I know that's a big issue for everyone all the time, possibly not just this, this season. So I guess we're going to start off here. You know, when it comes to current relationships with these people, I guess they, they just want to cause problems during uh, the season from uh, starting arguments or breaking up with you just before the major holiday is is kind of going on. It's a very controlling behavior. It's a way to ruin your time or make everything always about them. They love to discard you during the season. And they like to set up your expectations during this season only to disappoint you. Again, it's done to kind of ruin everything and control everything uh, during the season. A gift giving is a big thing in in two ways. It is a big thing. One, it's a gift that they can give you to hold over your head. And it's also a way to uh, love bomb you and give you something really extravagant, really expensive. And they can also not get you anything or have it be a very unthoughtful gift as if they don't care about you at all. So it can really go either way here. And also, when it comes to this season, threats are a big thing and threats of ruining the holiday coming into the holiday season. You know, this is a big time for everyone when it comes to your family, uh, your your friends and loved ones. So, you know, telling you that they're going to ruin your season, uh, it kind of keeps you in line possibly for the month previous uh, something like that, and also like they're going to try and ruin it for your kids. So you're on your best behavior to do whatever they are saying, and you're held hostage during this time. So, Gene, with you um, coming from an abusive relationship, while you were in this type of relationship, uh, what was going on during the seasons for you, and uh, how are you going about? Um, you know, maneuvering during that time, what succeeded and what um what didn't work? Like, how are you when you didn't know what you were dealing with? How did they really uh, get you and get you activated and, and just really destroy your season for you?
2: Yes, um, when you no, know, I was still in the relationship. What would happen a lot is, um, Christmas became a time where he was on stage with my family or his family. And so we would go from kind of um, a lot more devaluation, maybe prior, and then it would be a month of good behavior almost. But it was because we were in front of other people. And so I I almost grew to resent it. I remember as I was starting to put things together before, you know, I kind of had a name for what was going on. I remember saying to him, I don't want to go to your family's house for Christmas because I know you're going to be nice to me there. And it makes me sad. And then typically after we come back, um, I would get the punishment of him having to be on good behavior. So I would get, you know, just a tear down. Um, and so it kind of created, I don't know, I feel like it was interesting for me to be able to pick up on the, that was one of the first things I noticed when I started realizing maybe this is abuse is that, well, he's only nice to me at Christmas in front of his family or in front of my family, cause it was putting on that facade that everything's normal, everything's fine. And I grew to resent the love I would get then because I knew it wasn't genuine and I knew it was a show. And I was a prop. I mean, so I was dealing with the emotions of the facade. And typically, um, you know, at such a point where I'm putting stuff together, when I saw the facade come on, I would actually personally like my body would be far more scared. My person would be far more scared because I knew he's being nice. Something bad is going to happen um, or I'm going to pay for this later. And I have no idea when. You know, so it's not like, uh, okay, I'll pay my tax and I could be done. It was at any time. And so it was just kind of sitting and waiting for it to happen. And, you know, reactive abuse played pretty heavy in my scenario. So there was a lot of, we could be in a room full of people. Then he could be doing some of those like abusive things that he knew would get me that would exist kind of under the veil of consciousness of everyone else. And, and it would get me activated. And then I would you know, get upset about something that seemed trivial to him or others all the while he knew what he was doing, trying to get me worked up so that I'd look crazy or stupid or volatile in front of everyone, further legitimizing, you know, that he, oh, look at this poor, nice guy just trying to do all this stuff for this woman. And, you know, she's just crazy, you know, and it really helps cement that narrative.
0: And eventually you did break up with this person and now you have to co-parent with them. And when it comes to co-parenting during the season, and I think this will be your second season. So you are, you're pro of season number one. So talk about your child in this scenario, you know, the unfairness to a child in this scenario uh, where you are as like the healthy parent, in this scenario, and I guess a big thing for this situation would be to be prepared for anything at any time. So what kind of things were pulled? Is gift-giving a really big thing as far as, like, what are they kind of trying to show the child during this season? And how do you manage a child's expectations during this time as well as manage your own feelings and emotions during this time while you're trying to not just protect yourself but protect a child
2: there's a lot that goes into that and kind of I guess the, you know what you were mentioning as far as kind of the managing the expectations or being prepared for kind of any array of circumstances that applies to the parenting level and also to me so like my goal this year for Christmas is like try not to be activated, try, you know, to really get through the season calmly without, you know, PTSD flare ups and those types of things uh, in an attempt to restore fun around holidays, like not going into the holidays in fear. And, you know, the same is happening with my son managing those expectations as well. Cause you know, uh, my son is six years old. So this is st- like Christmas is magic in these young ages you know, I, I guess I really want him to still have those fun holidays. My ex is currently, his current I would, MO, I would say, is instead of being kind of the Disneyland, um, look at these big extravagant gifts and stuff like that. It's a, oh, dad's been, you know, really down on his luck and people aren't treating dad. Not, and it's this big sympathy play that's going on. So in the background, what's happening right now is my son is um, explained, like feeling bad for my ex a lot. And talking to me about that. And mind you, my ex sees him four times, four days a month. And so, you know, there's this whole narrative of like he doesn't get to just think about himself and fun, he has to think about his poor dad and how his poor dad's being mistreated. One example would be um this year, in fact, my son had like a Christmas performance um in front of the school. He came out and sang his little song and I need to be prepared for my ex to show up there. Typically, if there's an event, he doesn't go to a lot of stuff. But if he if there is one, um, I prepare myself just as a mi- means of um, managing my expectations and pre- preparing myself mentally for the worst case scenario. And so after my son's performance, he comes off. My son comes off stage to sit next to me. And out of nowhere, you know, we didn't see him coming. And I was watching my son. And so think about it. he's six years old. He just had his first performance like on stage in front of other people. Like how exciting right after he gets off stage going from the high of that situation to, oh my gosh, I didn't know dad was going to be here. Dad didn't call and tell him. There's no telling if he's going to show up. You're six. Holy crap. My dad's here. Then. So now dad's interrupted that moment, given him a hug, wanted the credit of look, I was here. And then left taking him out of the fun, you know, I got this moment that was about him. Um, there are ways to handle the parenting side of that, obviously, a lot better. Not to say that I wouldn't allow my ex to be there. You know, if he wants to be involved in his son's life, I'm not going to be something that stands in the way of that. Uh, And I want my son to be able to inform opinions as long as he stays safe on his own. Uh, So it's not a, my ex shouldn't be there because I don't want my abuser there thing. Um, it, It's a purely... From the child's perspective, that is a lot of emotional interference to be running on a child in that moment. And so it's it's stealing those moments, stealing those spotlights. And now I'm in a place where I'm not watching it happen for me. I'm watching it happen to my child. It's almost hard to like relive watching that, you know, trauma happen to someone else. The The water's lukewarm in the frog boiling pot water scenario. And it's lukewarm and you're seeing the lukewarmness where you couldn't before. It's so kind of watching it play out
0: long. So for your holiday season, will your child be spending the time with you?
2: So we will be doing a split 50 50. And that, yes, that's one other thing I wanted to mention is that um, usually around the holidays is the only time that my ex gets long-term exposure um, to my son. And so tip, you know, this, this year, he has them for nine days straight. um, And they are going to be flying to another state to go see my in-laws and, My son hasn't seen my in-laws in almost two years or my ex-in-laws. Um, they all cut me off. I have, you know, I know nothing about going on in that side of the family, but I'm thinking this kid's day-to-day is not with him and with these people. And he's about to go with them for nine days. There's nothing I can do about it. And typically, once he gets back, as I'm sure tons of people in this situation know, um, he's so emotionally dysregulated. He's disrupted. You know, my son's in therapy too and has been working on a lot of stuff and proud with the progress he's made. And like, even after this last Thanksgiving, he had a nine day stint with him. And I mean, my son came back a different person and it took almost a week of unwinding and really working the tools he's learned in therapy. And that, and so, yeah, there's that to, you know, prep for, I guess, look forward to too. You know, there's nothing... You're paying extra taxes every time in one of these scenarios.
0: And during the time when you don't have your child, how are you going to uh, be, I guess, an active uh, parent as far as being ready for anything that might happen, phone calls, etc.? And how will you occupy your time during that time so you don't go kind of crazy thinking what the heck is going on because it is a nerve wracking thing, you know, giving your child to someone who's not active, um, in their, in their life. You have no idea what is going to kind of happen there and you know who you're dealing with. So how do you protect yourself during that time? Um, while you have a lot of, of downtime.
2: So I will say for my specific scenario, as far as like, I I will schedule two calls with him during those nine days with my son and I will have two preset times where I call him. I don't like to call and talk to him every day when he's with his dad, because I feel like that takes him out of his cognitive space. and has to make him reconfront kind of this um, pressure kicker of what mom and dad were or what he experienced of us together. Um, and, And then the mindset that I adopt, it's cognitive dissonance. I mean, it's, it's straight up. I honestly cannot allow thoughts in my head about my son during that time because it's, it's honestly too much to handle if I were to kind of hold those truths. And so I don't know if this is, uh, you know, a terrible thought process, but uh, I didn't legally agree with the ruling on the custody. And so my brain has decided to take what it can. It's just, it's not my, it's not my place to be. I just don't have rights to that. So my brain, cognitive dissonance, just shuts it down. But... I have noticed that with that strategy, the last time my son came back from my exes, I I had done the brain shutdown and the kid comes back in and I had not gotten myself mentally prepared for the fact that, oh yeah, he comes back different and it was rough. So this time I will, the day before, start trying to get my brain and head around the extra patience that it's going to require from me for the the following week in parenting because it requires so much extra patience and extra love. And, you know, typically when they come back from, you know, the abuser, they are also uh, exhibiting like abuse characteristics, ones that are particularly triggering to me, um, you know, because it's from your abuser. So they're very tailored to your PTSD. Uh, and so it's just getting my head right, my expectations right, and really pre-planning what that's going to look like. I think is kind of where I will shift this time.
0: And a couple other things for people who are dealing with this during the season when it comes to co-parenting, keep things in in, um, writing communication or texting communication and on the apps that you're using. And also, you know, surround yourself with a support system as much as you can. If something kind of goes awry or you just need to talk to anyone, anyone being around especially during this season because it is a lonely time of the season especially if you might not have your child on Christmas like you normally would or anytime during the holidays that you normally would so figuring out like a support system any groups so you know relationships are one thing co-parenting is another thing and then we have the the family issues and with family it comes with a million things and the thought process is in your head. It's like, should I go? Should I invite my family over to my place? Uh, Holidays bring up food issues, weight issues. You're being analyzed of what's on your plate, how you look, uh, nitpicking about your job, your choices in life, relationships or lack thereofs. There's yelling that could be going on, put downs that could be going on, Sarcasm is quite a thing during the holiday season amongst family members there's uh outbursts there's walking on eggshells. A lot of people in the family have uh, addicts as members of their families, and when those people have had too much to uh, drink, who knows what will happen um There can be gift giving issues um helping around the actual uh dinner where someone might say, "Hey." Uh, I don't need help, and then later on reverse everything that they said. You have tons of guilt during this time of the season, passive aggressiveness, uh, unwanted people at the table can be a really big issue because families still might be involved with other family members who might have abused you, possibly sexually, when you were younger, and those families still allow those people at the table, which might I'm sure it's a lot of people listening that that has happened to. Um, and then it just comes to, you know, things along the lines of like your lifestyle, your views, your competence, uh, patronizing behavior. And then, it, you know, how long are you staying at the dinner? There's so many things at dinner or maybe a weekend or a whole week. Who knows? So there's so many things that can go into the landmine of family things that are going on during the holiday season, whether it be beforehand and planning or during the actual events that are going on, and then the aftermath as well. So, Vanessa, um, you've been dealing with your family your whole entire life, and you are someone who has uh, gone from having not a lot of boundaries around these situations like two years ago to now being pretty darn good with your boundaries. So when it comes to where you were and now what you're dealing with, uh, what were the, I guess, central points around your family? How did it run during the season? And how would you say your boundaries have improved? And what have you noticed about that, especially your, maybe your confidence going into this season over previous seasons?
1: You know, I used to feel kind of like I was at, at the mercy of whatever my dad wanted us to do. He's very impulsive. For example, a few, this is where I have a new boundary, but my dad had called Christmas Eve morning and I have three little kids at home and he asked me what he should get my mom for Christmas and I thought he was joking. So I left and then a kid got hurt. So I said, hey, I got to go. And I went and helped my kid and my mom texted me. Um, you better call your dad or Christmas is going to be ruined. I saw that text and my whole countenance, like my whole body felt like a house landed on me and everything was up to me. So I called him... And like smooth it over. And he was not joking. He had not gone Christmas shopping for my mom. And he wanted me to go to town. And go buy her a gift. And mind you, like I have my three kids. They're all little. And myself has, you know, like my body doesn't feel good. And I try to plan things ahead of time. I um, have lists. And I try to... Like, just have everything planned. And I think it's in response to growing up with so much impulsiveness. Like, okay, now we're doing this. And, and like, just in that little example I showed you, it feels like there's so much riding on my response. So in that moment, I was like, hey, my kid's hurt. You could hear him crying in the background. Like, that's a nat- very natural mom thing to do. Kids hurt, hang up phone, go help them. And so that experience really showed me how I couldn't trust my own instincts. It's like, oh, that made my dad mad. I shouldn't do that next time. So then I would make more plans like, okay, next time, calmly say, I'm sorry, father, my child is hurt. Is now an okay time for me to let you go? So I tell you that example because it was really impactful to me. And it made me realize how tied I am to his mood and how on eggshells I feel all the time. Like my mom literally said, Christmas is going to be ruined because of how your dad feels after he talked to you. And I think that was five years ago. And he asks me Like the next few Christmases, he asked me to buy my mom a gift. And we're talking like christmas Eve. So then the next year I plan, okay, like I'm trying to make all these plans. Like how can I plan for his impulsiveness? And the best thing I came up with, I'm going to ask him in the beginning of December, what can I get my mom? Because I know you're going to ask me. But um, last year and this year, I I made my foundry. I'm like, no, I'm not going to buy my mom a Christmas gift. For him. And it feels terrible, but the first year I decided to do that, she had no gift to open. Like, he is dead set. Like, I told Vanessa to do it. She didn't get a gift for you. So she got no gift. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, this is your wife of 46 years. Christmas is not a surprise. Like, It comes the same time every year. It's not like, oh my goodness, this just happened. And so like, that is a boundary. I'm like, the randomness and impulsiveness of him, like I say the randomness because I don't know if he's going to call me Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, the day before, you know, like it really, like, I feel like I'm just waiting for him to show up and say, this is what you need to do. And if you don't, Christmas is ruined. And it's an easy line to sell because my mom will say, well, Vanessa upset her dad. And my husband will be like, well, you should have just done this. And my kids will be like, what happened? mom? Now Christmas is ruined. We can't go see grandpa. So it feels, I like how you said hostage. It feels like you're a hostage. Like everything is riding on me playing that good girl role.
0: So as far as when you are at the actual Christmas event, uh, during the holiday season, if you're staying with your family at that time, if you're just going for one night, I guess, what have you, your strategies been as far as your self-care while you're at the the event itself? Uh, do you have specific strategies that you use?
1: Yes, I do. And it might sound silly, but there's these two strategies I follow That I actually, I learned from Dr. Ramani. I watch her on YouTube and she does a DEEP technique. So I will write it on my hand.
0: And DEEP stands for don't defend, don't engage, don't explain, and don't personalize.
1: I write it on my hand. I repeat them over and over. Like, I don't have to defend my decisions. I don't have to say, you know, why didn't you do this this year? Um, And the other thing, this is the one that sounds silly, but when I am in his presence or I'm talking to him on the phone, to me, it's the same thing, phone or in person. My whole body is like tense. Like, okay, I just saw him two days ago and my stomach is in knots. It hurts. It feels like I've been tensing up. Like I'm just tense the whole time. My whole stomach hurts. But in my head, I'm like... It's the silly thing, but it's like, I love you, Vanessa. I love you, Vanessa. I love you, Vanessa. It's okay. It's like I'm pretending to be my own little mom on my shoulder. Like, I love you. I love you. I love you. And it sounds silly, but it has helped me, like, my nervous system to be, like, more calm. So I haven't seen that strategy in a book anywhere, but... I guess those are things I've always wanted to hear probably as a kid. And so it helps soothe me now.
0: And when it comes to, I guess, you know, the scapegoat of the family who might be getting a, a lot of nitpicking, I, I haven't experienced this as it being done to me because I was not the scapegoat of, of a family, but there's a lot of, Just, you know, the put downs and the nitpicking, the eye rolls, all of those things. And I've been witness to the eruptions and the responses. And I know why the responses happen. I can see them. I understand them. And then bickering ensues, you know, because the other person has been, the trigger has been hit. They are engaging. Um, And for better or worse, it started to happen. Uh, So in, I guess, both of your experience, like, how do you feel about the role of the other members of the family when the scapegoat does um, get involved or gets triggered and the ensuing stuff happens?
1: You know, like in my family, it feels like you do whatever you can to not get attention. I feel like we're all available to be picked on, nitpicked. I do think there's certain siblings that tend to get it really bad. I would like to be a fighter, but I am not. My whole body freezes like, please make this go away, please make this go away. And I notice all of us siblings, we it's like if one of us stands out, it's like we're telling the other one, like, shut up, quit talking. It's like, do not fight back. Your best. Your best move is to, like, blend in, pretend it didn't happen. And it's like we're actively telling each other to, like, calm down. You know, he, you know, it's like we're creating this whole enabling system where we're like, don't stand up to him. It'll make him worse. It'll make the whole holidays a
2: disaster. Who knows?
0: And Jean, do you have any experience in this?
2: Maybe not in my, like, primary family, like my, you know, Parents And my brothers, I, I wouldn't say that was there, but um, in those scenarios, because I've been in many of them and work and, you know, my ex's family and different things like that, I was able to it's like being in like maybe the Hunger Games or the Squid Games. It's like, dude, once we're all in the arena, okay, everyone man for themselves, no one can hold anybody accountable for what the fuck, you know, what just happened in there. We'll talk about it out, you know, outside. And, and, I've, and I've had it where... Let's say there's some people that see it for what it is and some people that have no clue um, what's what's transpiring and really kind of doesn't see beyond the veil of it. Uh, In in those scenarios, uh, I I was a fighter. Like I was the easiest reactive abuse in the world, right? Like you could trigger me quick and and I would go off. And uh, I don't know, it was interesting hearing somebody say, Oh, I wish I could do that. Or I would want to be that because I'm like, I'm not doing it. It didn't seem like a good method for me. So, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of, but I, I think the only way to stand up to it and fight it effectively, if I were to comment on that would be if everyone's in unison, because if there's any division, they're going to win every time and it's wasted effort and it's wasted energy. So if someone's going to take the fighting route, it's kind of got to be a concerted effort or else it is in my opinion, a bit of a way.
0: So I guess the one thing that we haven't mentioned here is the hoovering that happens during the season for, for people. And that can happen in a relationship and that can happen during the family season uh, as well, as far as like the, uh, the moms and the dads and and the exes who reach out du- to you during this time, trying to really play on the sympathy and the nostalgia of the season, how you grew up all of the good times. Um, it's a really big problem and guilt kind of can suck you back in, can suck you back into the, families and all these things when you've gone no contact with all of these people. So have any of you, you know, guilt is a big part of the season. So I guess, how do you deal with uh, guilt? Even if someone is reaching out during this time and then as well as even if someone isn't reaching out during this time, do you have like guilt feelings that kind of pop up here and there?
2: I, I personally, I mean, yes, like guilt is like what the game, right? Like, that's the constant struggle. Um, and I've almost had to take just kind of like, uh, you know, I've been doing intense therapy over the last year, but just like this hard, like, policy to where like I just have to make rules to myself, only for myself almost to, to kind of mitigate that guilt, like a computer, like in an on and off switch, if you're programming like a yes or no, because. If my brain gets to spend too much time in emotional decision-making, it can really wreck all parts of me, like (laughs) physically, mentally, emotionally. And I know that I hope one day that'll be something that like a function I can restore to my person. But uh, but right now it has to be a a yes or no, because it is such a a constant battle. And that's, I guess, how I deal with it.
1: And no, what's interesting is my dad and has told me my entire life how mean I am and the bad child that was the worst one and what I realized is um it worked because when he says I mean like let's say I say no to something no we're not going to go to this event and he says it's just cuz you're a meanie it worked every time cuz i'd be like well okay let me see let me adjust we can do this because i did not want to be a mean person like to me that was like terrible i don't want to be mean and so as far as the guilt now now that i like can see it for what it is i'm realizing that i'm not a mean person he just realized that worked right he might have said other words that I ignored, right? If he said, "You swear all the time, I'd be like, "Well, I don't, so that doesn't get to me. You know, But if he says "I'm mean, I could totally see it because my whole body is screaming, I don't want to be by you. So if he says, "I mean, I'm like, "You're right. If you know it was in my head, you'd never talk to me again." And so it worked for me every time. And so now, when you say, like, how am I dealing with it? I am saying, I mean, yes, I feel guilty, but I'm saying, like, it's on him to do his work. I cannot turn myself into a pretzel trying to make him happy because it won't work. And I, this is a follow-up to a question you'd asked earlier about, like, boundaries is, So, like, this year, the first year of my entire 46 years of earth, I'm not spending Christmas Eve with them, my family, my family of origin. And, um, I'm, it's scaring me. I'm feeling nervous. I'm feeling excited because I'm like, just to be with like my little family like makes me excited and breathe an air of relief. Like, Oh, this evening will be okay. But I'm also scared. Like, I like a chicken. I told my mom. I'm like, So mom, we are not going to come up on Christmas Eve. We'll be there Christmas day. And so I guess I'm waiting to see what his reaction will be. But as far as guilt, he'll be like, well, we would spend every Christmas with my parents. Like that was, I'm like, dad, we lived half a mile from them. Like, it's different. And yeah, so I guess that's what I'm, how I'm trying to combat the guilt is like, my body is re- screaming inside me, even at phone calls, like a voice that can't hit me. Like, I'm still afraid of it. Like, I am telling my body, like my body is scared of him. And that says something that means limit my time. And so it's helping me not feel guilty because on the flip side, when I react to that guilt and I feel terrible, then it's like, I'm mad at my husband. I'm mad at my kids and they're super annoying. And then I'm like, wait a minute, we're all screaming at each other because we can't scream at him. You know what I mean? It's like, when I look outside, it's like, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. Be calm, Vanessa. is is good for everybody.
0: I just wish uh, everyone out there, I really, um, if you're struggling with your family and feel like you're at a place where you don't have hope with them at all, you know, go listen to Vanessa's story and then come and listen to her talk right now and you will hear two different people and you will be really uh, inspired about the change in your own life and making those changes in your life. Cause you are a completely different person in how you do things with your boundaries and everything from when you first recorded. So I really encourage everyone to go uh, listen to your episode. And you know, the, the, some of the things that you kind of mentioned in there is like, you know, you're allowed to say no, uh, you are mindful of kind of what is going on inside of you, you know, like uh, triggers that are that are going to be there. Uh, things that we've done before, even uh, talking today. Um, you know, I know that we've discussed like planning stuff out. What our responses are going to be before we even get there? Being prepared with all of your canned answers. Oh, I'm going to say this, and someone's going to say that. I have a rebuttal for that. But also, at at the table, sometimes the like the 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 less you say uh, is sometimes better. Uh, the less you give up, the better. You might be leading to everyone the most boring life uh, known to humankind, but that is you know the best thing for the dinner because sometimes you're going to jump right into the fire and you're going to go. And then maybe later on down the road, you'll be like, you know what? I don't have to go to this dinner anymore. And you'll deal with the circumstances of, you know, not going to that dinner as uh, Vanessa, you know, came to the, her own decision in the different types of feelings that are going on there. And also when you're at these things, you know, look for situations where there could be signs of escalation that are going on try not to get involved into those, uh, escalation issues. Uh, you don't always have to be in the same room. You can, you know, try and walk around going to the bathroom a lot might be your, your best friend, you know, bring your phone with you, read the news while you're in there, try and figure out kind of maneuvering tactics throughout the night. Sometimes you don't want to be, um, talking to a certain person in the family that you're talking to, you know, it could be bad news. And then always think of like exit strategies. If you are not having a good time, if everything is really too much for you to handle beforehand, think of the types of exit strategies that uh, you want. Give yourself an out uh, when you need it during the evening, if you really need to leave the situation.
1: I just want to add a couple more tactics. Okay, I go have. for it. So ahead of time, I will arrange who's going to sit by me. Like, you know, in, you know, like this secret, like, hey, Make sure you sit by me at the table. My dad, narcissist, wants to sit by me all the time. Like wherever I'm at. If I'm at this chair, he wants to sit next to me. If we're on the couch, he wants to sit next to me. And so I rearrange, like I arrange, okay, this child, hey, make sure you sit by me at the table. Hey, make sure you sit over here. And then I will make sure I have someone by me all the time. If I, if someone who's with me moves rooms, I need to move as well. So I try to not let myself be alone with that person.
2: And I would just add that like set your expectations because a lot of times I would be the one that would crush myself because I would go in with the belief that um, things were going to be far different than they were. So if I set my expectations correctly and I know kind of what that person is capable of or, you know, just what general probability has told me I should expect when I go into this situation. um, I, I, it, it can be less activating.
0: So I really want to thank both of you for being here with me today, for sharing your knowledge, your experience with myself and everyone who is listening. You both are going to help so many people. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode, learned a little bit of how to deal with the situations that you're going to be in this holiday season, and you know got validated by Gene uh, and Vanessa here today. So really big thank you to both of you. And if you want to be a guest on our show, like Jean and Vanessa were, please do go to our website at NarcissistApocalypse.com. Top of the page, there's a button that says Guest Form. When you click on that button, it takes you to our Guest Form page. Please do read all of the instructions and either fill out our Guest Form and press the Submit button or send us an email at NarcissistApocalypse at gmail.com. And please do read all of our instructions and send us an email or fill out our guest form in the format that we ask for. Also at our website, we have our support group. At the top of the page, there's a button that says support group. When you click on that, it takes you to our very own safe social network. There, you'll find that we have Zoom meetings every Wednesday night, every Thursday afternoon, and every Saturday night. We also have forum boards for you to post on, for you to get validated, for you to get support from uh, fellow survivors like yourself. We also have on there ad-free episodes and episodes that never made it to air. And if you need even more support besides the support you'll get from our very own support group at NarcissistApocalypse.com. You can go to DomesticShelters.org, and there you'll find articles and resources that can help you make sense of what you've been dealing with. On there, they have every phone number, every website address, every email address for shelters and domestic violence agencies, doesn't matter how big or small your town is. All of that information is there. DomesticShelters.org is a wonderful, it's a wonderful organization. So please do go visit them today. And that is it for today's episode. We hope you have a very safe holiday season. And from myself, Gene, and Vanessa, we hope you have a good night.